What up, Monday evening? It's going to be another weird week in the weirdest of weird seasons. Lego! What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. We are down in the basement yet again, and welcome to week eight of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2019-2020 NFL season and postseason. And uh, once again, folks, you can only play the cards that you are dealt and we are dealt another situation where recording has to be done on a different night in a different location just to get it out in a time frame that I am most comfortable with. However, I'm most uncomfortable with the fact that week seven's not even over yet, but we got to record week eight because I am not going to have another option to get the episode out to you, my loyal and lovely listeners, in a time that I am comfortable with. So even though the Monday nighter tonight between New England and the New York Jets has not even been played we're here with our week eight picks and so far in week seven we have basically had the bounce back week that i've been clamoring for and have felt that it's been coming for a couple of weeks now 11 and 2 straight up in week seven which is fantastic by far the best that we have done this season 11 and 2 so far this week of course with the monday nighter pending we got new england in the game tonight has me 62 42 and 1 straight up with the one game remaining so far this week and against the spread we're on the happy side of par yet again guaranteed don't even have to sweat tonight Eight and five against the spread in week seven. Now 46, 58, and one. So the last couple of weeks we've been moving in the right direction, albeit rather slowly in terms of uh, me not facing that punishment in a couple of weeks. On the totals, we're still underwater pending what happens tonight. Six and seven on the totals only has me 48, 55, and two, but we're still within like one good week of that turning around. The Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks were another struggle in Week 7. I lost another one straight up. The Bronze pick yet again, and I'm now like still way far under 500, even just straight up on the bronze pick as the Chicago Bears duff that game against New Orleans, losing that one 36 to 25. I, in fact, completely whiffed on that pick. However, there were a couple of picks that I went two out of three, those being the gold and the silver. In the gold pick, I had the 49ers over Washington in that weird rain-soaked like slip and slide game, San Fran wins nine to nothing, which was a straight up win. And I did get the total correct thing under 41 and a half points, San Francisco winning by nine, but didn't cover the minus 10 against the spread. And in the silver pick, Jacksonville beating Cincinnati. They do that by double digits, winning that game 27 to 17, which was a straight up and against the spread win, as I told you to take the Jags minus the three points. However, the game went a half point over on the total. So look, we got half pointed. We were a half point away from sweeping the silver pick. I'm taking little pieces of momentum everywhere I can. It was 43 and a half and the game got to 44. 
in the platinum pick, Buffalo got the job done. They beat Miami by 10 points, 31 to 21, but did not cover that balloon minus 16 and a half against the spread. And the game went over the 39 point total. So only got the straight up win in that one. In the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools, again, this is all pending what happens tonight, but I do have our contingencies here in place. In the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I've moved up to 13th place all alone out of the 37 people in that pool, 556 out of 858 possible confidence points. That's an overall clip of 65%, and I'm right there in the running even though I'm only sitting in 13th place have so far brought in 80 of the 105 possible confidence points in week seven. It's already a 76% clip pending what happens tonight. Shout out to our likely week seven winner, West Coast Martin. And I've lost count of how many times I've called this guy's name over the last few years. West Coast Martin is working on a perfect week, ladies and gentlemen, 13 and 0 on the 13 games so far that have been played in week seven he's brought in 94 of 105 possible confidence points i can only assume he's got 11 confidence points on the patriots tonight he's at a clip of 90 percent however there are four teams myself included who could catch him this week for the week seven victory that could happen if the winning team tonight was that person's top pick and martin gets the game wrong Those are the only contingencies on which someone could catch West Coast Martin for the Week 7 win. Somehow, I don't think it's going to happen. Justin V remains our overall leader, 65-39 and 1 straight up this season, 596 out of 858 possible confidence points. Only a clip of 69%, which is why I said I'm still in contention, because look, our leader is still in the high, high 60s. And there are two teams in this pool who could catch Justin V if, same contingency, they get their top pick tonight of a full 14 points and Justin gets the game wrong. If that were to happen, there's a couple of teams who could catch him for the lead in the pool. In the official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick and pool, I took a big jump in the last week from tied for 19th into a tie for 13th out of the 36 people in that pool. 62 straight up wins on the season in the 106 games that will have been played. That is a clip of 58% on the season. Certainly not where I want to be, but a nice little jump up from last week. 11 of the 14 games so far this week I've picked correctly with one to go tonight. That's a clip of 79%. And we shout out to our Week 7 winner, who is now also our overall leader, It's my boy, West Coast Martin. And look, if you want West Coast Martin's picks, because I know there's going to be inevitably at least one person in the comments that says, where can I get Martin's picks? The only place you can get Martin's picks is by following and being a member of the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. That is the only place where you can get Martin's picks. So you're just going to have to join the group. Martin obviously already has 13 of the 14 games correctly so far this week. That is a clip of 93%, which is phenomenal. However, there is one team, that being the team of Gavin OC4, Gavin O'Connor, fellow YouTube prog, who could catch and tie Martin if 
he gets the game correct tonight and Martin gets the game wrong. Ditto for the leadership in the pool. West Coast Martin now leads the pool 68 correct picks straight up of the 106 games played so far. That's a clip of 64% pending what happens this evening. But there is also one team, Bubsy's Picks, who could catch and tie Martin for the lead in the pool if Martin gets tonight wrong and Bubsy gets it correct. Get it, got it, good, and since you understood, we'll move on. Taking a peek into Fantasy Corner to see how my eight fantasy football teams have done thus far in Week 7 action. Basically, four of my teams, the matchup is done, it's in, it cannot be impacted by tonight. And in those four, I am three and one. However... There's four other leagues still to be decided based on what happens this evening. Based on current scoring projections, I'm probably looking at going about five and three. Now, one of those projected losses looks like it's going to come in the Professionals Dynasty Fantasy Football, which is my league. I've projected right now to lose to Jimmy Brunt, which would knock me down to a projected four and three record on the season. In the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, however, I am projected to pick up the victory from behind the Monday Night Miracle on the Patriots defense against threat level midnight. That would move me to a projected 7-0 so far on the season, all but locked into the playoffs already at this point. 7-0, I think, would basically wrap it up. So I'm certainly looking forward to the potential of that happening this evening. I got a pair of super exciting week eight matchups in fantasy, two incredible teams with really good dedicated managers in the professionals dynasty league. I'm up against my friend, Steven max maniacs. And in the NFL, YouTube prognosticators league, I am up against the Godfather himself, the prog father, geo knows two incredibly tight matchups two really, really, really good teams. And this is where you find out, exactly where you stand and this is the week that it's going to be it it's sink or swim let's do this boys and i'll take the opportunity to remind you as i always do that if you go to the description of the video file on youtube or of the audio file on soundcloud itunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts just like this one you can find all of my results from week seven all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week eight in the nfl you can find information on joining the bridgewater's finest and nfl youtube prognosticators pick'em pools for this season put your picks up head to head against mine and the absolute best from this community you'll find information on joining the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page once again the only place where you can find west coast martin's picks martin i hope you appreciate all these plugs and you can find information on my great friends and sponsors at nerd tees folks it's simple and i've been telling you for years nerdtees.ca Hit that promo code BWFINEST, save yourself 15% at checkout, get your free shipping on any order in Canada, over 75 bucks. It's election day today in Canada, and you should be electing to buy yourself some nerd tees. But if you're in the U.S., two clicks of a button, everything's in U.S. dollars for you, and you get an excellent conversion rate on the U.S. dollar. Today's blend is Japanese orange cooler. I've talked about it many times on this show. It's got a little bit of a bite to it, but at the end, real nice and smooth and citrusy. A great blend. You can find that and many, many, many dozens of other great blends on nerdtees.ca. 
nerdtees.ca, promo code BWFINEST, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love just in time for Christmas. You can do it at nerdtees.ca. Folks, not only was this a weird week where my rule of four, my patented rule of four, is at risk of cracking unless the New York Jets win this game tonight. If they do not, the rule of four will be broken for the first time this season. But it's just, it's this is the weirdest season of making these picks that I can possibly remember, if for no other reason than just the scheduling of it. Like, I've never had a season go like this where I've had to adjust my schedule so much on the fly do you know double dips record two shows in one day change recording locations I have not really been able to get settled with my feet under me with the exact same routine for more than like I think two weeks in a row so it has been the weirdest of weird seasons there isn't even a secondary one that comes close but you know what we in here we're taking this momentum we got in week seven and we are plowing forward through week eight let's get to our week eight 15 slate of games We are going to get things kicked off this week in Minnesota with the Vikings playing host to the Washington Redskins. Minnesota coming in off of a double-digit victory last week in Detroit, 42-30 over the Detroit Lions. Washington, of course, on the certainly the wrong end of that rainy, wet, gross game at home against San Francisco, getting shut out in that football game, losing to the Niners 9-0. You may have just heard my freezer kick on in the background, because of course it did, because why not? Vikings enter this game at 5-2, and two, winners of three consecutive games and working hard just to keep pace with the Green Bay Packers ahead of them at 6-1 and one in the NFC North. Washington still sitting on just the one win that they picked up in their previous game before last week against San Francisco, and this is one of a few pretty darn lopsided matchups as far as I could, as far as I'm concerned, Washington coming into this game the fourth worst total offense in football and the third worst scoring offense going up against the Minnesota Vikings team that ranks number six in the NFL in both of those categories total offense as well as scoring. However, the Vikings may have to go into this game minus one of their top elite wide receivers. Adam Thielen injuring his hamstring in the game last week. He had an MRI today, which indicated that there was no extensive damage to the hamstring, but with such a quick turnaround, this is the game that happens Thursday night. I just don't see there being a big chance of him playing in this football game and the general consensus Seems to be that he probably won't. If he has to miss a game, at the very least, it's against Washington, who I don't think is going to have a heck of a lot to say about stepping to the Minnesota Vikings. So we're we're pretty heavily on Minnesota in this one. We're going to grab Minnesota, even though they are coming in with that injury. We're going to take Minnesota to beat Washington. And we might as well get it out of the way right away. This is our largest spread of the week. The Vikings come into this game 16-point favorites over the Washington Redskins. I understand why you're talking about one team that just put up 42 points last week and the other team that uh, put up uh, 42 fewer than that. So I get it. I get why this number is the number that it is and the size that it is. 
I just don't think I can lay that many points, um, especially without one of the top two receivers. I mean, unless Stefan Diggs goes for another three touchdown game, I just don't think they're going to. I don't think it's justified to lay that many points, especially in a game that I think is going to be low scoring. And we'll talk about that in a second. So I'm going to take those 16 points and take Washington. Hold my nose while I say this Redskins plus 16 in Minnesota total in the game set at 42 points. I only have this capped at a mid to high 30. I don't think this game touches 40 points. So I think we're going to stay under on this one, go under 42 points in Redskins Vikings. Let's go to Atlanta now where the Falcons are going to play host to the Seattle Seahawks. Both of these teams coming into this game on losing efforts last week. Uh, Seattle dropping that game against the Baltimore Ravens, as I said they would. 30-16 to was the final score there for Baltimore. Atlanta dropping an even more lopsided decision, 37 to 10 at home against the Los Angeles Rams. But Atlanta lost far more than that in this football game, losing both Matt Ryan as well as Ito Smith to injuries in that football game. But we'll get there. Seahawks enter this game with the number five total offense in the NFL, certainly something to hang their hats on. Offensively, they've been playing excellent all season. The Falcons, to their credit, the number two pass offense in football, but obviously that has to come with an asterisk because of the Matt Ryan injury. They're also taking on a Seahawks team that also ranks in the top 10 in that category. I think the real difference maker in this football game, aside from the injuries, is Atlanta's defense, and I don't mean a difference maker in a good way. The Falcons, the second worst scoring defense in the NFL thus far this season, as well as the fifth worst secondary defending the pass. So I feel pretty good about Russell Wilson putting up some numbers in this football game. Could we see like an Aaron Rodgers from last week-esque performance? Now, as far as those injuries are concerned, Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan sprains his ankle in that game. He has not yet been ruled out. That was really interesting when they talked to Dan Quinn today. He stopped short of ruling him out, but seems pretty unlikely that they would throw him out here to play in this game, especially given that Atlanta has their bye week coming up in week nine. Also, Ido Smith at the running back position left the game last week with what was described as a head and neck injury. As of right now, Ido Smith is in concussion protocol. And from what I heard, I think Coach Quinn has already ruled him out for this game. So the backup running back position up for grabs in this one for Atlanta. If you had a Falcons team at full power, and this is no disrespect to Matt Schaub, but if you had a Falcons team at full power, I may have to kind of think twice about how I would go in this game, simply because of the situation, like with Seattle not being at home. But, I mean, if you don't have Matt Ryan and your backup running back is somebody that doesn't typically see much more than the practice field, I just don't think they're going to step to a very good Seattle Seahawks team. So we're definitely going to be on the Seahawks here on the road. Let's take Seattle in Atlanta to beat the Falcons. On the line, Falcons are three and a half point dogs at home. If you like Seattle, which we do, you got to lay three and a half points. That's not crazy to me. It's under a touchdown and especially sans Matt Ryan. I think that's a pretty good a reflection of the difference, at least offensively, between these two teams. So 
I don't feel bad about laying those three and a half points. We are going to do so and take the Seattle Seahawks minus three and a half in Atlanta. Total is set at 54 points. I think we're going to see a lot of points in this game, but that's a pretty darn good total as far as I'm concerned. I think this is right around where this thing is going to land. Kind of a coin flip for me, but I'm going to skew on the under because I'm not sure what we're going to see from an Atlanta Falcons offense that probably is not going to have Matt Ryan, or if they do have Matt Ryan, he's going to be obviously severely limited with any kind of mobility. Uh, I think this thing stays under. It's going to be incredibly close, but I'm going to stay under 54 points in Seattle, Atlanta. Considering I don't think I gave you the score for the Minnesota-Washington game, we're just going to take one step back. I like the Vikings 26-11 to over Washington in that game. And in Atlanta, Seattle, let's go Seahawks 33, Atlanta 20. Sorry, Martin. I'll try harder. That's another little nod to West Coast Martin because he always likes me to predict those scores. We are going to go to Buffalo now where the Bills are going to play host to the Philadelphia Eagles, a Philadelphia Eagles squad that dropped another game last week. That is two in a row. They dropped that division matchup, that critical division matchup against the Dallas Cowboys. And who would have thought as soon as the Cowboys get their tackles back healthy, they're a pretty decent football team. Philadelphia drops that game 37 to 10, not a competitive football game in the least for the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, on the other side of that, you have the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo, obviously, mostly propelled by that defense. They've won two straight games, had that 10-point decision at home against Miami last week. This is a Philadelphia Eagles team that is facing a crisis of conscience, I have to imagine, and a crisis of confidence, in fact, because this feels like a team that... I can't, like, this is not a bad team. You look at this team on paper, it's not a bad team. But you look at the team in practice and you're like, I don't think that's necessarily a good team either. So they're in this weird gray area between good and bad. What I can say for sure is this is back-to-back -back road games for the Eagles. They are coming off a loss, granted, but still the second straight game on the road. And you know how I feel about that. I also feel, you know, not so great for Philly when they're facing a Bills defense, the number three total defense in football, the number three scoring defense in football, and Philly ranking in the bottom 10 in that second category there, just the number 25 scoring defense in the NFL. That's going to be a problem. Buffalo's not going to really pile on the points here, but my question is, how is that Philadelphia offense going to move the ball? How are they going to score consistently enough to beat a team like Buffalo in Buffalo? I don't think they do it. I'm going to take the Bills here. Let's take Buffalo at home to beat the Eagles. On the line, Buffalo only laying one and a half points as a home favorite. So we like them to win. That's an incredibly small price to pay. So we're going to lay that point and a half and take Buffalo minus 1.5. Total in the game set at 43 points. I've only got it set at like a mid 30. I don't think this game gets to 40 points. So I feel pretty good about telling you to go under 43 points in Philly Buffalo. Let's go Bills 25, Eagles 11. Let's go to Chicago now where we see our second straight game with a team entering on the back half of back-to-back -back road games, those being the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Chicago to take on the Bears in what I have to call the Frustration Bowl. Because I think this is two of the four teams, and I'd say the other two are probably also playing each other this week, uh, that are like the most frustrating 
teams for me to try to pick. In fact, I made a post just earlier today on the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, which you should join, about how I feel picking the Chargers every single week and just dropped a link to uh, the song I Hate Everything About You. There is no team historically in at least the last five to six years that has lost more games in more ridiculous and unthinkable ways than the Los Angeles Chargers. And I don't think there's a close second. Chargers lose a three-point decision in Tennessee against the Titans last week. And Chicago, uh, I mean, look, I had them as my bronze pick. I really thought that they were going to step to the New Orleans Saints, especially given that the game was in Chicago. I felt really good about that. But then I'm reminded, oh yeah, this team doesn't know how to play offense. So they lose that game 36 to 25. And you might go, Justin, they scored 25 points. Yeah, but it, it, it means it goes way further than that. The Bears are the third worst total offense in football right now and seem like they are completely unwilling, or at least the coach Matt Nagy seems to be, completely unwilling to go away from the pass game and hammer the football on the ground. Like, look, everybody was in love with David Montgomery in the preseason. I wasn't. I was very much on the opposite side of that train. But you got to understand the talent you have here. I never questioned David Montgomery's talent. I just said, like, everybody that says, oh, my God, this guy's going to win you leagues this year. Like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit. But he's a really talented back. The fact that he's not touching the ball 20 times a game, 25 times a game, the fact that they're not pounding uh, some healthy mixture of him, Tariq Cohen, and Mike Davis, that they're not pounding the football. And they're not doing that. Instead, they're putting the ball in the hands of either Chase Daniels or Mitch Trubisky, and neither one of them have been capable of fitting the bill so far this season. And that's why they're the third worst total offense in football. A huge part of that third worst total offense, the fact that they're the fourth worst pass offense in football. Bad news when you're going up against a Chargers team that ranks number three in the NFL in that same category. The only thing that saves the Bears on a consistent basis is that defense. They're the number five scoring defense in the NFL. But... They're going up against a Chargers team that is not only a top 10 scoring defense at number 10, but they're a top five pass defense. Good luck, Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel or whoever happens to be throwing the ball. Maybe you make a call to you know who. Good luck trying to move the ball on this Chargers defense. I think the Chargers are going to come out here and hopefully, for the love of God, just if for nothing else for the sake of my sanity, to come out and make make some plays and actually hold on and win a football game. I will take you one more time, LA. If you break my heart one more time, there will be no 427th chance. Even though they're on back-to-back -back road games, even though they're coming off of a loss, I'm going with the LA Chargers. Let's take LA in Chicago to beat the Bears. On the line, Bears are four and a half point favorites at home. And I, I think this is a great spot to hedge even if you don't like the Chargers to win because you know it's going to be a close game. You know there's going to be shenanigans because with these two teams, how can there not be? So I'm very happy to take those four and a half points on the team that I think is going to win. I'll take the four and a half, go Chargers, plus 4.5. Total in the game set at 40 points. I've got this thing at like a high 20. It might push 30. I don't think this game comes close to pushing 40. So we're going to stay under on this one in a big bad way. Let's go under 40 points in LA Chicago. We're going to go Chargers 15, Bears 14. Guys, show me something. 
let's go to Detroit now. Lions and Giants. Oh my. Uh, both of these teams coming in off of losses from last week. And I believe both teams lost by at least, no, I was about to say by at least 10 points. They didn't though. Giants losing by six points at home against Arizona. Ooh, Detroit losing by 12 points at home against Minnesota. That makes a little more sense. Look, I mean, neither of these teams are very good. They've won a combined four games so far. I think they've played 13 combined. So, I mean, look, neither of these teams is very good. Giants come in on a three-game losing streak. Lions come in on, you guessed it, a three-game losing streak. So it's another one of those somebody's got to win bowls. This is a matchup of two bottom five total defenses in the NFL. Detroit, the second worst total defense in football. The Giants, the fifth worst. And in a matchup like this, I think it comes down to impact players. Obviously, we know who the impact player is for the Giants. It's Saquon Barkley. He came back last week. As long as he stays healthy, he is the impact player and the focal point of that offense. On Detroit's side... I could make the argument it's Kenny Galladay. I could make the argument that it's Carrion Johnson. But problem, pump the brakes. Detroit running back Carrion Johnson, right knee injury, which of note is not last year's injury. If you'll recall, Carrion missed the last six games of the season last year with a left knee injury. So it's not the same injury as last year. But he left last week. He was spotted wearing a brace on the sideline in that game. His status for this week is uncertain, which would be a huge blow on the offensive side to the Detroit Lions. And on the defensive side, we've mentioned this guy's name a couple of times in injury reports this season. Darius Slay injures his hamstring. His status for this game is also uncertain. So you could talk about one of the better defensive backs in the league and what I would argue is a pretty darn good running back in this league too, who may not be available or may be available at less than 100% for the Detroit Lions. When in doubt, when in question, go with the impact player. The impact player here is... Is Saquon Barkley? I kind of like the Giants in the upset here. I'm going to take New York on the road in Detroit, and this is a pretty big upset now. I'm going to take the Giants to beat the Lions. On the line here, and this is why this is such a big upset, and I'm really not understanding this, the Lions are laying a full touchdown right now at home against the Giants at minus seven. Um, I like the Giants to win, so obviously thank you for the seven points. This would be an excellent spot to hedge um, one way or the other. Uh, Whoever you think is going to win this game, I think seven points is too many. So we're definitely taking the Giants plus the seven points. Total in the game set at 50. I've got this capped at like a mid 50. So I do feel pretty good about going over on this number. Our first over of the week, in fact. We're going to go over 50 points in Detroit, New York. We're going to go Giants 28, Lions 27. Real close game. Let's go to Tennessee now where the Titans are going to play host to the Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bucks coming into this game off of their bye week. Last week, the Titans did pull off that aforementioned 23-20 victory at home against the Chargers. Of course, you have to wonder how much of that is the Titans doing and how much of that is just the weird bad voodoo on the Los Angeles Chargers. But in any case... Tennessee did come up with the win. It was a win they desperately needed to have any hope of keeping pace in an AFC South division that is still wide open. I mean, right now the Colts only lead that division at four and two. And this is such an interesting matchup to me because you have a matchup of an anemic offense versus a really bad defense. 
and a pretty good offense against a pretty darn good defense. So here's what we're talking about. The Tampa Bay Bucks, the number four scoring offense in football, going up against the Tennessee Titans, number four scoring defense in football. You got the Tennessee Titans, bottom 10 scoring offense, number 27 in the league, going up against the Tampa Bay Bucks, third worst scoring defense in the league, and the worst pass defense in the NFL. So if the Tennessee Titans are going to have some performances at the wide receiver position, if it doesn't happen this week, it ain't going to happen. However, there are several other key factors that have me leaning towards the Bucks in this football game. Number one being the Bucks have the number one run defense in football right now. They're giving up the fewest rushing yards per game, whether that's a factor of who they're playing, uh, teams just deciding not to run on them anymore, whatever it happens to be, they're the number one run defense. And that's a problem when you're the Tennessee Titans and it's been a struggle to move the ball through the air, even with the quarterback change. And I mean, if you really want to run the ball, you're running it into the best run defense in football. So have a good time. Plus on the injury side, kind of the same as when we talked about Detroit on Tennessee's side of the ball, Delaney Walker, tight end position, re-aggravating an ankle injury he's been dealing with all year. He left the game last week. His status is uncertain for this week. And in the secondary, on the defensive side, Adoree Jackson, a foot injury last week, left the game last week. His status, also uncertain. They won't be updated until later in the week. So if they're going to be missing you know, a pretty dependable target in the pass game, as well as one of their better members of the secondary. That is a couple of things that are really going against the Tennessee Titans to start, you know, picking up a second win and maybe even pushing towards who would have thunk it a winning streak. I think I got to be on the Bucks in this one. They're going to be well-rested coming off the bye. Granted, they're not at home, but I think, if I remember correctly, I think Tampa Bay has not lost on the road yet this season. Oh, sorry, they've lost one game on the road. They're two and one on the road. They haven't won at home yet, but they've won two of their three games on the road. So it's not like this team is incapable of winning on the road. I'm going to take Tampa in this one. Let's take the Bucks on the road in Tennessee to beat the Titans. On the line, Titans are favored by two and a half points at home. We like the Bucks to win. We're going to take those two and a half points and take Tampa plus 2.5. Total in the game set at 46 and a half points. I do have this game reaching 50, so I feel pretty good about our second straight over here. Let's take over 46 and a half points in Tampa Bay, Tennessee. We're going to take Bucks 26, Titans 25. Let's go to Indianapolis now where the Colts are going to play host to the Denver Broncos. Denver entering this game off of the long week, having played Kansas City on the Thursday nighter. Colts picked up a big seven-point victory at home against the Houston Texans last week, that being a big division matchup and giving Indianapolis the inside edge so far in the AFC South division like we just mentioned. And again, you had that Thursday nighter where Patrick Mahomes gets injured for Kansas City. He has to leave the game, likely to be out for a few weeks. Denver still on the losing side of that game, 30-6. to 
As far as I'm concerned, Denver's only hope winning this game is the same as what their, basically, their biggest hope was to win that game last week, and that's to ride the defense. If the defense can steal this game, that's Denver's path to winning this one. Denver, the fourth worst scoring offense in football right now, but the number four total defense. Indianapolis, in all cases, kind of middle of the pack, but I mean, look, they've scored 143 points in six games, so they're well above 20 points a game. I think Denver's offense is going to continue to struggle, even though the Colts defensively not exactly, you know, the best thing since sliced bread, not even the best defense, I don't think, in that division. So the opportunity will be there for Denver to score points. I just need to see their offense do it on a more consistent basis to think that they're going to go into Indianapolis and beat the Colts at home. So we're going to be on the Colts here. Let's take Indianapolis at home to beat the Broncos. On the line, Colts are six-point favorites at home, laying almost a full touchdown. And I think that's just a little bit too much. I think this is going to be a low-scoring, tight football game. The possibility certainly exists for Denver's uh, defense to steal this one. This would be another great opportunity to hedge if you wanted to. That's too many points for me, even though I like Indianapolis to win. So we're going to hedge our bets. We're going to grab the Broncos plus six at Indianapolis. Total in the game set at 44. I've only got this at a high 30, maybe pushing 40. So I have a pretty good feel on taking the under here. Let's go under 44 points in Denver, Indianapolis. We're going to go Colts 20, Broncos 19. Is that my like, that's my fourth straight game decided by a single point. I just noticed that. Let's go to Jacksonville now where the Jags are going to play host to the New York Jets. Not a ton that I can say about the Jets because they, they play tonight. So some of this information, I could give you this information and then it'll literally have changed at least a little bit by, you know, midnight tonight. But Jets will be on the short week, obviously, playing the Patriots tonight. Jacksonville gets to go home. Jacksonville coming off of a big victory last week, 10-point victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. That game was in Cincinnati. Jags win that one 27-17. And again, like we said about the AFC South division, even though Jacksonville is sitting at 3-4, and four, they're by no means out of this. They're literally a game back. Of the team that's leading the division. So, I mean, that division is still open to any of the four teams that are there. Jacksonville's far from out of it. Pending what happens tonight, the Jets are rocking the worst total offense in the NFL, taking on a Jacksonville Jaguars team that is actually moving the ball pretty well. Top 10 in terms of total offense at exactly number 10, and that is with full marks and full credit to both Gardner Minshew and Leonard Fournette. Speaking of Leonard Fournette, you got the Jags with the number five run offense in football, the Jets the second worst run offense, and how in the world can you have Le'Veon Bell and have the second worst run offense in football? That is insanity to me. Le'Veon Bell is way, way, way better than that. In fact, I've just made a couple of what I hope are very savvy fantasy football trades to get a couple more investments in the Le'Veon Bell stock for the stretch run of this season. So, I mean, hopefully he has a good performance tonight, but I think... You know, we're starting to get to the point where it's either put up or shut up time for the Jets run game and for Lev Bell himself. I don't think I've ever felt more strongly about a Jacksonville football game, which is actually a refreshing and nice feeling. I really like the Jags here at home. We're going to take Jacksonville to beat up on an opponent on a short week. Let's take the Jags to beat the Jets. 
On the line, let's see. The Jags are four and a half point favorites at home. I think that's a pretty realistic representation of these two teams and the position that they're in. It's under a touchdown. I'm going to lay those points. Let's take Jacksonville minus four and a half. Total in the game set at 41. This is our pretty well second like perfect total I would think of the week. I think I'm going to skew under on it by a point or two just because uh, who knows what you're going to get from the Jets on the offensive side and Jacksonville can play some defense even without Jalen Ramsey who they've now just traded away. Let's go under 41 points in Jacksonville, New York. Let's go Jags 25, Jets 14. Let's go to San Francisco now. 49ers are going to play host to the Carolina Panthers. Carolina coming into this game off of their bye. San Francisco winning that 9-0 slop fest of a football game last week where they got three field goals from Robbie Gould and not a whole hell of a lot from anybody on offense. A lot of people I know in daily fantasy, very heavily invested in George Kittle, didn't exactly have himself a good day. San Francisco keeps on rolling undefeated, but I don't really know how much stock you can put into the game they won last week because, I mean, it was against the Redskins for one. And for two, obviously, you had all the the weather issues with that game. And so it's tough to... And and I, I was about to say it's tough to gauge. I know this is a good football team, and I know there's still a lot of people who are saying that this team is overrated. And I don't think that's the case. I think this is a really good football team that has made more than enough statements this season to prove they're a really good football team. Look, I doubted this team in the preseason. I think I said they were going to be 8-8, eight and eight, maybe. I was like, you know, just kind of, kind of, you know, pump the brakes on the Niners. I mean, they've already got six of those eight wins, so they're, they've gone a long way into making me look like a little bit of a fool. But I, I, this is a good football team. They're going to be going up against another good football team in the Carolina Panthers who are more well-rested than they are. Panthers at 4-2. and two, They've won four straight games since starting the season with an offer. And I mean, they've been doing that without Cam Newton. It's all been on the back of a couple of really good receivers and one really, really good Christian McCaffrey. Carolina Panthers, the number five scoring offense in football. So even though they're not moving the ball as well as the Niners do, they are incredibly opportunistic with putting points on the board. Going up against the Niners team, which to their credit, they're a top 10 total offense in the NFL this season, clocking in at number seven. Where the Niners have really impressed people this season is on the ground and on the defensive side of the ball. The Niners, the number two run offense in football. Carolina, no slouches, obviously with Christian McCaffrey, a top 10 run offense in their own right at number nine. But the Niners on defense, the number one total defense in football and the number two scoring defense in football. This is a defense to be And that's why this is going to be such a fun football game because it's two teams that play an incredibly similar style of game. Very smash mouth, very ground oriented. I can't wait for this. This could sleeper be the game of the week. This was a bit of a coin flip for me, but I think I'm going to take Carolina. I think Christian McCaffrey is the game breaking player on both sides. You know, on both sidelines, I think if you've got to pick one player from this game to take the game into his hands, I think it's run CMC. So I'm kind of going to lean on that and I'm going to lean on the team that is a little bit better rested because they're coming off the bye. Let's take the Panthers on the road to upset the San Francisco 49ers. 
On the line, the Niners are five and a half point favorites at home. Obviously, we like Carolina to win, so I'm going to take those points and go Carolina plus five and a half. Total in the game set at 41. I think this sails over 41. I've got this capped at a high 40, maybe even pushing a 50. We're going to see some fireworks in this football game. So I'm going to go over the 41 point total in Carolina, San Francisco. Let's go Panthers 25, Niners 24. Back to the one point games. Let's go to Houston now where the Texans are going to play host to the Oakland Raiders. Raiders coming into this game on the back half of back-to-back road games, coming off of a loss last week where they got absolutely sliced up and torn apart by Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers on the offensive side. Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay putting up 42 points on Oakland in a 42-24 victory. Houston, meanwhile, on the unhappy side of that 30-23 division loss in Indianapolis last week, and that was a game where Houston did lose one of their big offensive playmakers, but we will get there. Houston, the number four total offense in football this season, going up against the fourth worst scoring defense in the NFL in the Oakland Raiders. So just by that, you say, okay, mismatch city. However, You're also talking about a matchup of two bottom five pass defenses. Oakland, the second worst in the league. Houston, the fourth worst in the league. So this secondary in Houston, they got some work to do, especially if they wind up winning this division and actually want to make any noise in the playoffs. You might want to shore that up a little bit. And it's two top five run defenses. Surprisingly, the Oakland Raiders, the number five run defense in the NFL this season, Houston clocking in at number four. So uh, you can't just look at that top line of number four total offense versus fourth worst scoring defense and say, okay, well, it's going to be blowout city. Especially given the Houston Texans will be without Starting wide receiver Will Fuller. He injured his hamstring. He's expected to miss several weeks per a report by Ian Rapoport. And as someone in our chat for the official NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League happened to say, this is right around that time of year where Will Fuller misses a few games. And I chimed in, it's like Christmas, but with an injured hammy. So while I did definitely have to give this one some thought, I think I ultimately did land on the side I was going to land on anyway. I do feel good about the Houston Texans in this spot. Uh, Oakland did not obviously have a good performance uh, last week. And uh, on the road, Oakland has won a game, but that's one of three games. And I, I, I don't know. I just don't like the Raiders this week. Let's put it that way. Let's take the Houston Texans at home to pick up the victory over the Oakland Raiders. Houston on the line, six and a half point favorites, which feels a little trappy to me because the line opened at minus seven and then almost immediately dropped to minus six and a half. So it does feel kind of like a bit of a Vegas trap, but uh, I still think I have to lay those points. It's under a touchdown. I think I got a bite and I think I got a fall for that one. We are going to take Houston minus the 6.5. Total in the game set at 51 and a half. Pretty well another perfect total. 
I think I'm going to skew under on it because I don't know exactly what we're going to get from Oakland offensively. Oakland, by the way, did just trade one of their better uh, defensive players, I think a player in the secondary maybe, to the Houston Texans in exchange for a third-round draft pick. So that's kind of interesting, crossing the hallway here to the uh, opposition locker room. So that might be interesting. That might be something to keep an eye on in this game. But I think we stay under on the total. Under 51 and a half points in Oakland, Houston. Let's take the Texans 32 to 19 over the Raiders. And the last game we're going to look at this week sees the Kansas City Chiefs at home playing host to the aforementioned Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay Packers. Both of these teams coming into this game off of big wins from last week. Kansas City, though, certainly coming in off of a significant loss. While the Chiefs get the long week, they lose Patrick Mahomes, a dislocated right knee, I believe it was. And despite the fact that there was some report floating around that like, oh, you know, there's a slight chance Patrick Mahomes might play this week. Expect to see that every week for the next three or four weeks. You're not going to see him on the football field because Kansas City would be stupid flat out stupid to play Patrick Mahomes before this injury has been properly rehabbed. And I've dislocated enough knees to know it takes a while to properly rehab something like this. Now, yes, I'm not a strength training person. I'm not a professional sports rehab person, but you can't suffer that injury and rehab it in less than a week and then come back in and play. It ain't going to happen. Now, the Chiefs come into the game, the number three total offense in football, the number three scoring offense in football. Green Bay, to their credit, a top 10 scoring offense as well, clocking in at exactly number 10 after their early season struggles, which is nice to see. The Chiefs currently sporting the fourth worst run defense in football. So if there's an edge on either side here, because really the Chiefs aren't really running the football much either, it could be Matt LaFleur's run game with Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and the Green Bay Packers. I think that's the real edge defensively on either side here will be Green Bay's ability to move the ball on the ground. And I got to see how this Chiefs offense plays in a full game without Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to take Green Bay here. Call me a homer if you want to, because I am a Green Bay fan. I'm going to take the Packers. The Packers are the team that is at least relatively healthy. Who knows? They may even get Devontae Adams back this week, which would only be a boon. But I mean, I got to see how that Chiefs team is going to play without their, you know, bona fide leader. So I got to see how that is going to play out. We're going to take Green Bay on the road here. Let's take the Packers in Kansas City to beat the Chiefs. On the line, Packers are four and a half point favorites in Kansas City. And I think I got a hedge on this one. I think this game is going to be close enough. And obviously the path exists that Kansas City wins this football game even without Patrick Mahomes. What a statement win that would be for the Chiefs. I think I have to hedge here. I like Green Bay to win, but I'm going to take those points and grab Kansas City plus four and a half. Total in the game set at 48 points. I've got this thing capped at a mid 50, even considering the injury to Patrick Mahomes. So I think this game goes over the 48 point total. Let's take Green Bay 28, Kansas City 27. I got to give you one more one pointer. Now we're about a half hour away from election results starting to roll in. So we're going to wrap this thing up with the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week eight 
in the NFL 2019 season, starting as always with our bronze pick where we are continuing to really, really struggle this season, just two and five straight up. And if you're not hitting them straight up, you're probably not going to be hitting the betting picks either. One and six against the spread and one and six on the over under. Let's see if we can't start rehabbing that this week. Our bronze pick is the Pittsburgh Steelers at home playing host to the lowly Miami Dolphins. Even more lowly considering the Dolphins come into this game on the back half of back-to-back road games off of their 10-point loss against Buffalo last week. Pittsburgh coming in nice and well-rested off of their bye week. This is a battle of two teams that have really struggled to move the football so far this season. Two bottom five total offenses here, which is certainly a surprise from the preseason looking at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Miami, the second worst total offense. Pittsburgh, the fifth worst total offense. So I don't expect to see a ton of yardage in this game, but where the real edge comes is like the Miami Dolphins are the worst scoring offense. And that's the big thing. They can't move the ball and they're not opportunistic like the Carolina Panthers are in actually putting points on the board. The worst scoring offense and the third worst total defense in football. They're really not playing on either side of the ball, nor do I particularly think they want to. So you got to ride the Pittsburgh Steelers in this one. Let's take Pittsburgh at home to lay a whooping on the Miami Dolphins, especially given their back-to-back road situation. On the line, Pittsburgh favored by 14 and a half points at home. And I think even with how poorly the offense has played up to this point, when you're playing Miami, that number's basically justified. So I think I'm actually going to lay those points. It kind of feels like a bit of a bad move, but I'm going to do it anyway. We're going to lay those 14 and a half points. Take Pittsburgh minus 14.5. Total in the game set at 43 points. I've got this capped at a low 40, so I think it's going to be pretty darn close. But I think I'm going to skew under by a point or two because, again, who knows what we're going to get from the Miami Dolphins. Even with all these reports of, oh, Devontae Parker is back. Like, yeah, I've seen this movie before. It doesn't end well. So I think we're going to stick under on it. We're going to go under 43 points in Miami-Pittsburgh. Let's go Steelers 31, Dolphins 10. Pittsburgh straight up, we're going to hammer Pittsburgh minus 14 and a half points in a game that stays under 43. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm five and two straight up and four and three against the spread, only three and four on the over under, sees the New Orleans Saints at home playing host to the Arizona Cardinals. Now, Arizona is also on back-to-back roadies and they actually won last week. Now, that trend is now eight and four straight up on the season, but now only seven and five against the spread. So where we had like a week or two where it kind of came back down to earth, It did have a winning week, that being the teams on the second half of back-to-backs coming off of a win. It did have a winning week last week in Week 7, but still, in general, even with how weird this season has been in those terms, I still can't look at it like it's a positive thing. The New Orleans Saints just keep on winning. That is five consecutive wins for Teddy Bridgewater and the New Orleans Saints. And last week they did it without Alvin Kamara. So it just, it it almost doesn't matter who's not playing for the Saints. It's just next man up. Latavius Murray had himself a touchdown in relief of Alvin Kamara. You got Teddy Bridgewater, who as 
played incredibly well in the absence of Drew Brees. Now, Drew Brees is getting closer and closer and closer to coming back. So that situation will certainly be one to monitor. But I feel really good about the Saints here. Look, Arizona, they had that win last week on the road in New York beating the Giants. But there's question marks about David Johnson's health. And granted, Edmonds, I think it was, had like a hat trick of touchdowns in that game for Arizona. But had that not happened or had he only had two, they lost that game. So I still don't exactly feel like beating the Giants last week, which I believe I said Arizona was going to do. Even doing that, it doesn't make me sort of jump out of my seat and feel like the Cardinals are going to step to New Orleans. This is still the fourth worst total defense and fifth worst scoring defense in football, that being the Arizona Cardinals, going up against a top 10 total defense in New Orleans at number seven overall. We are on the Saints. Let's grab New Orleans here in what feels like a plus position. We're going to grab the Saints at home to beat Arizona. On the line, Saints are nine and a half point favorites at home, but I think I'm actually going to hedge my bets on this one. That feels like too many points to me. Arizona are three and O against the spread away from home this season, and I had to think to myself, if Arizona wasn't in a back-to-back road situation, would I like the nine and a half points? And I think my answer to that was no. So can I lean on that enough to lay those nine and a half points? To me, I can't. So we are going to take Arizona plus the 9.5. Total in the game is set at 48 points. Another total that feels pretty darn perfect to me. This is a bit of a coin flip, but I'm going to skew under on it because I don't know what I'm going to get from the Cardinals on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to go under 48 points in New Orleans, Arizona. We are going to go Saints 28, Arizona 19. Saints win the game straight up, but Arizona covers by the slimmest of margins, plus nine and a half in a game that stays under 48 points. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I am still winless against the spread. That is brutal at 0-7, but 6-1 straight up and above water 4-3 on the totals. Sees the New England Patriots playing host to the Cleveland Browns. Now Cleveland comes into this game off of their bye week, which is certainly a good thing for the Browns. And they're going to face a New England squad that is going to be on the short week as New England plays in about an hour and a half's time. So situationally speaking, the only thing that would be better for Cleveland is if this game was in Cleveland. So it's a good situation for them, except for the fact that they're playing New England. The Browns have dropped two games in a row, and they're only second place in this division because this division has sucked so far outside of the Baltimore Ravens. So Cleveland's two and four. They've dropped two in a row. They got a step to a New England Patriots team that has not lost yet this season, of course, pending what happens tonight. But I certainly feel good about the the Patriots uh, in this spot. Look, It's the number one scoring offense in football. Cleveland's in the bottom 10 at number 23. Patriots are the number two total defense and the number one scoring defense in football. Cleveland is in the bottom 10 in both of those categories, also at number 23. The Browns are also the third worst run defense in football. So if New England decides they want to run the football, this is a pretty good spot to decide to do that in. Obviously, I'm all over New England here unless a myriad of injuries and Tom Brady has a heart attack tonight or something crazy like that happens. We're certainly on the Patriots in this one. Let's take New England at home to beat down the Cleveland Browns.
On the line, Patriots are only laying 10.5 points, and I say only, it's a double-digit spread, but that's more than justified to me as far as I'm concerned. This is a matchup of the team that prepares themselves the best and the team that prepares themselves, I think, arguably the worst. For whatever reason, there's still so many headaches and brain farts with the Cleveland Browns, and then you look at New England and it's like, why does nothing ever go wrong? So, I mean, we're definitely laying those points. New England minus 10 and a half. I feel pretty good about that. Total in the game set at 46. I've got this at a high 40. I don't think it sails over, but I think I got to go over on 46. So we're going to go over 46 points in New England, Cleveland. Let's go Patriots 35, Browns 13. Patriots straight up. We're hammering the Patriots minus 10 and a half against the spread in a game that goes over 46 points. And the last game we're going to look at this week, we go back to jolly old England, this time going to Wembley Stadium, where the Los Angeles Rams are going to play host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Rams had that monstrous 37-10 victory in Atlanta last week. Cincinnati dropping a 10-point decision at home against the Jags. And obviously it's the story of two teams going in exactly the opposite directions. The Bengals have not won a game yet this season, sitting at 0-7. The Rams got back on the happy side of par, going to 4-3 with their win last week. Look, there's, there's no sugarcoating things for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is a bad football team from top to bottom. This is the fifth worst scoring offense in football. The Rams are top 10 in that category at number eight. This is the worst run offense in football to the Cincinnati Bengals, despite the fact that they've got Joe Mixon. It's because their offensive line can't stop anybody. They're also the worst total defense in football, taking on a Rams team that was already top 10 before they traded for Jalen Ramsey. So... This doesn't take a mathematician here. The Rams are going to roll over Cincinnati in this game. So we are definitely on the Los Angeles Rams to win this football game. Let's take LA to beat Cincinnati in Wembley Stadium. On the line, the Rams are favored by 13 full points uh, as the quote-unquote home team here. Uh, against the Cincinnati Bengals, and that's perfectly justified. It's under two touchdowns. I feel pretty darn good about that. Let's lay those points. Take the Rams minus 13. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. I do feel like this just barely goes over. It's a pretty darn perfect total. I'll be sweating this one just a little bit, but I do think it goes over. We're going to go over 48 and a half points in Rams Bengals. Let's go Rams 32, Bengals 17. So we're going to take the Rams straight up and we're going to hammer Los Angeles minus 13 against the spread in a game that goes over 48 and a half points. That is your platinum pick. Platinum pick, which by the way is six and one straight up, but only two and five against the spread and one and six on the totals. See if we can change that. There you have it, folks. Those are your picks for week eight of the NFL. And we even got them in before week seven was even finished. It is time now for the patented comment of the week. And if you were following the comment section of last week's video, you'll probably know who's not going to be getting the comment of the week. But we do have a good one here for you. Comment of the week from the week seven video goes to the blind Canadian cat. That is Cody Roy Parker. He is a fellow NFL YouTube prognosticator. He makes excellent videos over at his channel. Feel free to check him out at his channel or on the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page, which you should also be joining. His comment from last week is, 
I don't trust Buffalo's offense to cover that number. It was minus 16 and a half. The largest margin of victory is 14 against the Eli-led Giants, and they only won by four against the Bengals. While Miami is trash, since he ain't far off. I mean, if Buffalo gets a defensive touchdown, maybe, but I don't trust the offense enough to cover minus 16 and a half to minus 17. And as it turns out, Cody was 100% right. They didn't cover that number. They covered by 10, but that was only after the one of the most inexplicable things I've ever seen in a football game, which was an onside kick returned for a touchdown. It was, I mean, it was, it was awesome to watch, but I was like, what in the world just happened? Like, of course that happened. Like only these teams does that happen. But Cody, you were right, my friend. And yours is the comment of the week from the week seven episode. There you go, folks. The picks are in. Most of Canada's votes are in, so I'm going to go upstairs and see if we have a new prime minister. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tees. My day starts tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., which is why I had to record this tonight and get this out for you. Who knows, maybe I might even release it late tonight as well. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation or on my YouTube channel, apparently. So thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the Monday night game tonight and enjoy the games in week eight. We will see you again for CFL on Wednesday and for week nine. See ya. Thank you.